Um, well, no, I'm, I, my name is Chris Turner, and I am the children's pastor here, and I'm excited to be with you guys on a pretty special day, just celebrating you mom. So yeah, happy Mother's Day. Um, hope you guys had breakfast in bed, and you're like, you're just ready to go this morning. You feel loved on and pampered and all that good stuff, so glad you're here. Well, we're excited to, to celebrate and talk about, man, one of the greatest jobs in the world, and that's the job of, of being a mom. And I'm grateful that uh, Pastor George asked me if I wanted to, uh, to speak this weekend. Um, I, well, I was grateful until, you know, I heard, I think from this stage, and then in a lot of meetings leading up to this, that apparently, so apparently, there are three sermons that you don't mess up in church. Um, it's Christmas, Easter, and apparently Mother's Day. So, yeah, that's, uh, the pressure is on, so I better not mess this up. But hey, for you moms, I mean, that's... That's pretty good company that you keep, right? You got baby Jesus, you got the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, and then you got moms. So that's a, when it comes to the list of sermons, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good company that you keep. Um, I was talking to my wife about this, and she was like, all right, so here's what you do. Just get up there, just say, moms rock, and then shut your mouth, and get off the stage, and then pass out gift certificates for a day at the spa on the way out. That's what you do. Uh, yeah, I'm sure y'all be okay with that. <laughs> well, I tried to get those, those gift certificates purchased um, with the youth budget, um, but it didn't work out, so sorry. Um, you know, something about stewardship or something, I don't know. Um, but anyways, uh, so I'm happy to be with you guys this morning. Well, hey, if you're, if you're, if you're not a mom, the tendency for, for weekends like this is to kind of say, you know, hey, this is not for me. I'm going to check out. I can coast through this weekend. It's going to be kind of nice. Um, but I encourage you to stick with me, to hang with me. Um, I think there's something for, for everybody this morning. Um, well, we're in the middle of a series entitled Love Everybody and Always. And what better way to continue in this series than talk about how much we, we love our moms. And so I want to do a couple things this morning. I want to help, um, help us remember and honor our moms this morning. And then I have a few things that I want you, as, you moms to remember as well. Um, and I hope that encourage you and hope that you will... Um, begin to remember these things um, this morning as it, about being the gift it is to be a mom. So when we talk about remembering your mom, what is the earliest memory that you have of your mom? It, you know, and it may not be your biological mom, it may be a stepmom, it may be a grandmother, it may be an aunt, you know, it may be somebody, but it's the person that you are thinking about and celebrating today on Mother's Day. So think about it, you got it, you got your earliest memory? So I have a friend of mine who has this family member who, who tells a story all the time that he swears up and down that his earliest memory is of him being born, like of himself being born. Like, yeah, no, sorry, I'm not buying that. Um, and then two, like, wh- why? Like, why, why would you want, I'm, I'm just going to leave it there before I get myself in trouble, but like, no, no, sorry, not buying it. So the power of, we're going to talk a little bit about the power of remembering. You know, one of the most powerful things that God calls us to do is to remember, right? We, to remember all the things that we've been through in our life. And it's something that I don't think that we do enough, to pause and reflect and take the time to remember. I mean, we know this. We know that if, when we sit and remember all the things that we've been through, everywhere that we've been, and all the people that have helped us along the way, I mean, this helps us really appreciate where we are today. And so that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to remember the power of remembering. You know, in, in the Old Testament, you may be familiar with many of the stories with the, with the Israelites. 
And God would many times appeal to the Israelites. He would say, simply remember. Remember who I am. Remember what I've done for you. You know, because the Israelites would do what the, what the Israelites would always do. You know, they would hear the commands of God. You know, God would say, go right, and they would ultimately always go left. You know, they would mess everything up, and they would dig themselves into a hole that they couldn't get out of. And they would ultimately cry out to God and say, God, please help us, save us. I promise if you save us this one time, we will never, ever, 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 ever do it again. Please, 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 please. Right? I, I may have prayed a prayer like that sometime in my life. Um, but, but God, you know, God would hear their prayers. And in the process of bringing them back and restoring their faith, one of the things that he would do is he would say, remember. Remember me. Remember what I've done for you. And, and as Israel, the people of Israel would remember this, they would say, you know, you know, God's never really failed us before. I think maybe we could begin to trust him a little bit more in the future because of how he's treated us in the past. And so as Israel, you know, as he would, and through this process, their, their, their faith would be restored. You know, there's one time that, that God would remind Israel of over and over again. It's when he brought them out of slavery, when he brought them out of Egypt. You know, many times, dozens of verses, God would say, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Right, I, this is who I am, this is what I've done, you should remember it. You know, and I will, I'll admit, like, he, he not only brought them out of slavery, he brought them out in a pretty dramatic way. Right, the plagues, right, I mean, it rained frogs. So, I mean, yeah, that's kind of memorable, right? I mean, like, people had boils on their skin, and like, the water turned to blood, and the angel of death passed over all the houses in Egypt. You know, in Israel, they did say, you know, hey, we should probably remember that. So we'll get together every year, have a nice little meal, and we'll call it the Passover, right, when the angel passed over. You know, and also he parted the Red Sea. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. And I feel like if I did, I would probably remember it. But yet Israel continued to forget. And many times Israel would just say, hey, God, can you send us back into slavery? Can you send us back into Egypt? It was easy. I know you went to a lot of trouble to get us out. I get it. We remember all that stuff. But, like, let's go back. You know, we, we humans are kind of silly sometimes like that. I, you know, I don't know what to think about that. But another example is in Joshua 4, verses 5 through 7. Read this with me. If you've got your Bibles, join me. If not, it's up on the screen. In Joshua 4, 5 through 7, it says this. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, so these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. You know, when, when God parted the river uh, Jordan for the, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant so they're able to cross on dry land, and then ultimately for the rest of Israel to cross over as well, Joshua had this great idea. He said, hey, we should gather up stones, one stone for every tribe of Israel. So 12 stones, and we should build a monument. And the purpose of this is obviously to glorify God, but then two, it's, it'll be something that we can remember God by. When, f- when future generations look at this monument and they say, hey, what, what did you guys build that for? They can say, well, let me tell you a time when God really showed up big in our life. And he rescued us. And they can remember that. 
and they can glorify him. You know, time and time again, Scripture tells us that we're to remember God. Remember his commands. Remember his faithfulness. Remember his sacrifice. Right, that's why we take communion. You know, when Jesus broke bread for the first time, what did he say? Do this in what? Remembrance of me. Remember his love. On Easter, we're to remember that he came, he died, but he rose again. And he was exactly who he said he was. And on Christmas, we remember that he humbled himself and became a human. And he walked among us and lived among us and did it perfectly. We remember the works of the Holy Spirit in our life that are constantly pushing us and drawing us to holiness and obedience in our life. We remember all the areas in which God has saved us, pulled us out of sticky situations in our life. And when we remember these things and we think about these things, you know, it, we may be a little more apt to put a little more faith in God in the future because we see how he has rescued us in the past. So since we see that this, this, the, the power of remembering this demonstrated all throughout the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, um, we see Jesus demonstrate this power. He continued in this tradition by remembering his mom. Jesus remembers his mom on the cross. In John 19, verse 25 and 27, it says this, But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. You know, Jesus must have thought this was pretty important. You know, when I think about, when I, when I think about and we're going to throw a chart up here uh, in just a second. And this, these are literally just Jesus' words on the cross. These are the things um, that he said on the cross. And so um, when we, and you'll see the, his words and you'll see um, the, the verses that are with them. And when you, when you see these words and when you think about these words, you... These are his dying words. These are the things that he must think were pretty important. Right? When we think about our dying words, we probably want them to be pretty important. Right? When I think about, um, when I think about what I want to say on my way, I'm pretty sure that I don't want to say I like burritos. Even though that's true, I really do like burritos. But, But here's the thing. We want our last words to count. And when we see these words, and Jesus remembers his mom on the cross. And and Dr. Thomas Constable, he's a professor um, at DTS, uh, Dallas Theological Seminary, in his commentary on John, we see this, he, he writes this about this passage. He says, Jesus addresses his mother by saying, Dear woman, which by the way, um, only Jesus can talk to his mom that way. So tell your kids that. This is an affectionate and respectful way of speaking to her. Mary's grief must have been very great. Even as he hung dying an excruciatingly painful death, Jesus compassionately made provision for his mother. The language Jesus used was legal and quite similar to the terms used in adoption proceedings. His actions indicate that he was the person responsible for his mother, implying that Joseph was no longer alive and he was the eldest son. Most scholars believe that Joseph had died by now. So, all right, so let's throw this chart up here. Let's look at these words of Jesus, and let's see. So if we, we see these things that he said on the cross, 
So these are the statements that he made on the cross, and these are just the verses in which you can find them. You see, he deals with some pretty big topics, right? He deals with forgiveness, right? He forgives those who murdered him and those, and ultimately us, right? Uh, salvation, he, talks, he deals with the thief that's next to him on the cross. Um, we see that he submits to uh, the will of his father, he com- and um, he talks about his physical needs. He thirsts. He talks about it is finished, the things that he set out to do, the things he set out to accomplish, they're finished, they're done. But in the midst of all those things, you see that he remembers his mom. He remembers and makes provisions for his mom. So we see Jesus doing this. And like I said, these are Jesus' dying words. So he must have thought this was pretty important. And I, I like to think if, if, if Jesus did something and he thought it was important, then it may be a good idea that we should do it too. I don't know, just a thought. Right? And so, so that's what I want us to do this morning. We see Jesus demonstrated this for us by remembering his mom. I just want to take a second. We're going to just spend a few seconds in silence in just a second. I want us to to remember our moms this morning. To pray for them, to thank God for them, the way that God used them in our life. Not only remember the faithfulness of our moms, but just thank God for for his faithfulness. The way he used your mom in your life. So let's take a second and let's just remember our mom this morning. My mom is a wonderful woman. Um, she's a godly woman. You know, there was never a day that I ever doubted whether my mom loved me or not. That's pretty cool. I know that's, that's pretty awesome, and I don't take that for granted. In, in the earliest memory of my mom, I remember her rocking me to sleep at night, and she used to sing, You Are My Sunshine. Um, and I, I, even when I hear that song today, I remember and I think about my mom. And I, I sing that song to my son every night before he goes to bed. Um, and my mom was, was patient. She was compassionate. Um, she would say that she wasn't, but she was. Uh, my mom was tough. And she would crack down on my sister and I when we needed it. And we needed it. Let's just be honest. My mom was strong. I saw my mom uh, care for her, her elderly parents, her aging parents. Uh, a mom who, her mom had a stroke when she was uh, pretty young still. And, uh, and her dad who had Alzheimer's. Um, and I saw my mom care for her parents all the way to the end. You know, and as a kid, that made a huge impact on me. Because I saw how much she loved them and served them and cared for them. It was a really big deal. In Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. So honor your father and mother. Honor your mom. Like this is a command. This is not something that God says, hey, if you think about it, or if you get around to it, or if you have some time, or if you'd like to. No, he's saying if you want to live a life that's obedient to him, this is something that you have to do. You have to honor your parents. Honor your mom. So how do we do that? So I'm going to run through a couple of quick things this morning. This list is not exhaustive, but it's just some ideas and some things to think about. Um, so first is we honor your mom with your obedience. 
Right? If you're a child, this is clear. We just read it in this verse. That, that we honor our moms by obeying her. This also honors her. It also honors God. Honor your mom with your time. You know, as an adult, obviously our relationships with our parents change as we get older. It's part of it. But we can still honor our, our mom with our time. Call her, text her, spend time with her. Show her that you honor her with your attention and your presence. Honor your mom with your gratitude. You know, when was the last time that you thanked your mom for how God was using her in your life? I mean, you should definitely do that today, because if you don't do that today, you're going to be in trouble. But you should also do it all the time. You know, some of us in this room may not have a mom who is still with us today. You can still honor your mom by remembering her and thanking God for her and the impact that she made in your life. I believe that honors her. Because what I see when I read that verse is that that command, there's not an end date. It doesn't say, hey, honor your parents until this point in your life. I think it's a lifelong thing that we should honor our parents. You know, it looks different at different times and different stages in our life, but it's something that we should continue to do. Honor your mom with your forgiveness. Just so you know, your moms are human. I know you may not think that because they got eyes in the back of their head and all that kind of stuff, right? But your moms are human. They're going to make mistakes. Forgiving her for the mistakes that she has made honors her. It shows that you value her and how God is using her in your life despite her flaws. I mean, right, that's the hope for all of us, that God would continue to use us in the lives of people even though we are broken, flawed, and imperfect people. Imperfection is not an excuse not to try. It's an opportunity for God to shine through us. And God is shining through your moms every single day. Okay, so not only do I want us to talk about, um, spend some time remembering and, honor, and honoring our moms, I want you moms to remember a few things, right? Because just so you know, sometimes moms can be a little hard on themselves. And so it's our job, we want to encourage you, we want to love you, we want to support you. And so I just want to remind you of a few things um, this morning. First, being a mom is really hard. You're probably like, got it, thanks. Thanks for the encouragement, dude, right? No, I think, I think we, we, moms, you need to be reminded of that. Because I don't know um, if it's sometimes in our stubbornness or sometimes in our busyness or what it is. But we forget that we need to rely on God for the really hard jobs in our life. And being a, and being a mom is a really hard job. So I want to give us a little uh, analogy and something to think about in, in a book uh, called Grace-Based Parenting by Dr. Tim Kimmel, which is a really, really great book on parenting, by the way. Um, he gives us an analogy to kind of help us put um, the job of being a mom in perspective, right? So, all right, so this, this is why I got these puzzle pieces out here. So if I challenge you, said, all right, I need you to come up and help me put this puzzle together. Um, but before you come up and you, you dive into this project, there's a couple things that uh, you need to know about this puzzle. Uh, one is all of the border pieces, you know, the little pieces with the flat edges on the side that you rummage through first and, you, you know, you put those together. Yeah, the, those are gone. They're not in there. Sorry. So you're just going to have to kind of figure out the borders and the boundaries and the guidelines. Just kind of figure them out on your own. Okay, second thing um, about this puzzle. Somebody 
uh, when, you know, when, when I wasn't looking, some real jerk, I don't know, took a, a handful of pieces from another puzzle and dumped them in here and mixed them all up. So you're probably going to waste a lot of time just trying to figure out which pieces even go to the puzzle that you're supposed to be working on. There's going to be a lot of trial, there's going to be a lot of error, there's going to be a lot of like pulling out of your ha- pulling your hair out. So sorry. All right, so that's the thing. All right, you ready to try this thing? Oh, wait, oh, sorry, one more thing. I almost forgot. I hate to tell you this. Um, you know that picture on the box? I lost it. S- sorry. So you're going to have to kind of guess what the puzzle is supposed to look like. Welcome to what it's like to be in a mom. Right? <laughs> right? Because man, puzzles are already hard enough. Even when you have all the right pieces, when you have the borders, the, all the guidelines and everything that you're supposed to do. I mean, when you have the stinking picture on the box to guide you. Right? They're already hard. But you take those things away. Man, this seems like an impossible task. I mean, what are you supposed to do? I mean, if you, if you don't have a clear picture of what this puzzle is supposed to be, I mean, who knows what you'll come up with? You know, being a, a mom is by far the hardest and the most important job you will ever do. Just like I'm sure if you're putting this puzzle together, there's going to be moments, like I said, you're going to want to just pull your hair out. You know, you may even want to flip the table over. That was my, that was my family style when you, did, you know, played games or board games and you were ever losing we were table flippers, right? You may, want to, you may want to flip the table over and just be done with it, right? You know, there may be moments when you doubt yourself, doubt your own abilities. There may be days, honestly, when you're like, I just give up. I can't do it. Man, this is just an impossible task. Just, beca- just, like, just because, like in this puzzle, if there was clear borders and boundaries, I mean, like, what guidelines and rules should I give my kid? I... You know, what is the perfect amount of, of freedom and restrictions? Like, I don't know where that is. That's really hard. And these guidelines and rules. Like, is there a manual somewhere? Like, is it on Amazon? I'm a Prime member. I could get it here in two days, free shipping. Is it out there? Please, show me. I know y'all have looked on Amazon. I know that's true. But like, or, or you know, you, 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 see, um, you see all these opinions and blog posts and, my goodness, social media posts that say, hey, if you're going to raise the best kid, if you're going to be the best mom, you have to do it exactly this way. And they give you this list and all this kind of stuff, and yeah. You know what, that's, that's kind of like someone taking a whole bunch of pieces from another puzzle and dumping it into this pile and mixing them all up. You know, those things might not work for your kid. Because every kid is different. Every mom is different. Every family is different. And all these opinions and all these methods are being thrown at you as a mom. And that's what makes it really hard. But God doesn't want you to do it alone. What, what biblically is true is that discipleship is to happen in the home. That's true. But what we as a church, what we want to do, we want to support you. We want to love you. We want to equip you. We want to come alongside you and do everything that we can to help you in that process and that journey. Because, yes, the job of being a mom is hard, but that doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Even if you're a single mom. We want to be here for you. All right. So remember, the job of being a mom is hard. All right. Second thing that we want you to remember as a mom. Listen, moms, don't freak out. Don't freak out, moms, because of all the things that are being thrown at you as a mom, it's easy to freak out at times. 
You know, just like this, this puzzle with a missing picture, you know, that's on the, on the box that you don't have, like, it would be really easy if you just knew exactly what your kids were going to look like in the end and what they're going to do. If you had a picture of the end product, that'd be really helpful. But sadly, obviously, we don't. You know, um, you may have an idea of what you, who your kid will be or what they will do. You know, and as a mom, you could spend years creating this and, and instilling those things in your child. And as they get older, they may look nothing like what you thought you were creating. And sometimes that's okay. There'll be times when your, uh, your kids will say something or do something, and, and the quickest way, the quickest reaction is to just freak out, right? I mean, you know this. I mean, your, your teenagers have come to you and said, hey, can I tell you something if you promise to what? Not freak out, right? You know, as a youth pastor, I heard that a lot. So, I mean, that sometimes that's the quickest way to shut down the conversation is freak out. You know, this is one of the greatest pieces of advice that I got when I found out that I was going to be a parent. And at first, I'll be honest, I thought it was kind of dumb. Like, what are you talking about? Freak out. Like, I'm just not a freak out kind of person. You know, and, and, and also you may be thinking that. Or you may be sitting there thinking, you know what? You have no idea what we're going through. You have no idea what we've been through. I have every right to freak out. And honestly, that may be true. But later on, as I began to think about this and pray about this, God really began to instill in me uh, and reinforce this simple piece of advice in my life. God reminded me of a couple reasons that I shouldn't freak out as a parent. And I want to I give those to you this morning. So first, is that God created your kids. I know you know this, and you've heard this, and you've read this, and you've thought it, I'm sure. But listen, if we really let this truth sink deep down into who we are, And this is something that should be really, really comforting to us. Because, listen, I know there's those nights when you lay awake in bed and you're just, you have these thoughts. Like, I know I am screwing my kid up for the rest of their life. Like, I know that. I've had those thoughts. I know it's true. Right? And so, or or when your teenager comes in and they're doing, they've done something or they say something and, you know, if they keep making those decisions or whatever, like, you're going to screw up the rest of your life. What are you thinking? You just want to bang your head against the wall. You know, but in those moments, God wants to remind you that he created them. There's nothing that they say, there's nothing that your kids will ever do that is a surprise to him. Ever. And he knows all that. And he still chose to create them and, to, and make, them, make you their mom. He knows all of that. You know, that wasn't an accident. There's no one on this planet that is more capable to be your kid's mom than you. I know that for a fact because God gave them to you. And the last time I checked, I checked this morning. He doesn't make mistakes. He bats a thousand. So he's given you everything that you need. In Psalms 139, 13, it says, For you formed my inward parts, You knitted me together in my mother's womb. You know, I've read that verse about a thousand times. Okay, that's generous, you know, a lot. I've read it a few times, and it never really hit home to me until I was a parent. It just meant something so much more to me. Because here's the deal. He knows them in the womb. He knows them as a toddler. He knows them as a teenager. 
He knows what they will do. He knows where they'll go to school. He knows what career they'll have. He knows where they'll live. He knows who they'll marry. He knows their weaknesses. He knows all of their sins. He knows all of their strengths. He knows when they're going to die. And yet he chose to still give them to you. You know, um, the next reason that we shouldn't freak out is that God loves your child more than you do. I know you've probably said it or heard it. You're right. You, no one, you, you don't know what love is until you what? Had a child of your own. All right, I, I know I've said it. I've heard it. You know, I think there's, there's a level of truth to that. Um, I think I totally experienced a different side of love when I became a parent. It's not that I'm like, I, I love more or better or whatever. It's just that, I mean, it's just a different side of love. You know, and so I, I wish that I had that, that warm and fuzzy moment when, you know, when I saw my child for the first time, right? But to be honest, um, with Emerson, my first, uh, he, we had to have an emergency C-section. So he was about three weeks early. Um, and I woke up that day on Tuesday. I never, the last thought on my mind was that I was going to have a kid that day. I mean, that's just, I just wasn't even thinking about it. But yet there I was by the end of the day, standing outside of the surgery room with my like gown on and my like little, little booty things and my hairnet, look like the lunch lady, and I'm on my mask. And I'm standing outside the surgery room and I'm pretty sure I looked real, real, real sad and helpless. Um, but then they finally bring me into the, the room where Ashley, she's laying, on the, laying down and um, there's a curtain between you know, us and the doctors and the nurses, which thank the Lord, otherwise there'd been another patient on the floor. Um, you know, and so they're, they're working on Ashley and they, you know, they finally they get Emerson out and they, they, they hold him up over the sheet and they're like, hey, meet your son, hey, say hi. And I, I looked up at him. And I just, like I said, I wish I had just this warm, fuzzy feel, like, you know, like the Lion King moment, like the hi hey, 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 you know, like I wish. But I looked at him, and he was all like gray, and he was covered in blood. They don't ever show that in the shows. And he was literally screaming at me, and I'm pretty sure he cussed at me. I mean... I, I'm not sure, but you know, there's some, he said some things that I don't think I should repeat here. But, and I looked at him, and I just, I just thought, what have I done? Can you put him back in because I am not ready? Can we, like, just give me a couple days. I gotta get my mind around this, right? Well, no, so when, they, when I finally got to hold him, and, and um, I mean, all that fear kind of melted away a little bit, and then Ashley got to hold him, and um, man, I love, we love that little boy, um, more than we can imagine, and, and it was really cool. In that moment, I loved my wife even more um, because she became the mom of my kids, and that was pretty cool. You know, as I tell that story, many of you moms remember that. You all have an amazing, incredible, and different birth story, and it's awesome. And you remember that moment, and you remember that time when you've had those emotions come over you. And, we, and just think about that and remember that. And what God is telling you this morning is that he loves your kid even more than that. And I know this because what we see in Scripture is that God's love is perfect. It doesn't lack anything. It's, it's, it's never-ending. And, and I know I love my family more than anything in this world, but my love will never be perfect. I could never love my kids like that, like, like he does. I mean, I can't comprehend that kind of love. It's not possible for me to love like that. 
And you may be thinking, no, there's no one that can love my kid more than me. Well, I hate to tell you, but you're wrong. God can and God does. Ian, listen, even if your kids don't love him back, he loves them perfectly, unconditionally, and exponentially more than you can. So moms, with with, uh, kids who are adults, congratulations, they're out of your house. Woo! Yes, hallelujah. Right? And my dad told me when I was, uh, he was like, listen, I don't care what you do, as long as it's not illegal, as as long as, uh, you know, as long as you love Jesus, but whatever it is, you can't live in my house. So go on, right? So parents, moms with the kids who are an adult, right? You may be thinking, man, my job is done. They're, they're out, they're gone, but like, I, I just want to encourage you, I think it's time to re-engage. Like this, this, this church is full of moms and families who could benefit so much from your experience and your wisdom and your knowledge, right? I mean, how to kick them out of the house. I mean, you can write the book, let's do it. Like, and so I, I just want to encourage you, it's time to re-engage. And so, because I, I, think, I think your job isn't done yet, and so I think you have a lot more to offer when it comes to other moms. Maybe it's just another area of kids' ministry or student ministry. I just want to encourage you to re-engage. Women who are hoping and praying to be moms. I know you've heard this a thousand times, and honestly, I racked my brain to think of a way to to say this that's that's different and new, but I just couldn't do it. Because it's, it's true. You have to please rest in God's perfect timing and trust his plan. It's perfect. It will always be played out. You know, as I watched many of my friends wrestle with infertility, I mean, it is a roller coaster of, emer- of emotions. And my heart goes out to them. But know that God's plan is perfect and it will be played out. So trust in that. Moms who've experienced the loss of a child, there's no amount of words that I could ever say that would adequately express the pain of losing a child. I mean, there's no clearer picture that we live in a fallen and broken world than the death of a child. You know, though the question of, of why may not be answered today or it may not be answered until you're with them again someday, but I, I pray that this morning that your heart would, would be healed and that you would have an, a peace that is beyond all understanding. You know, and I pray this day is not a day of sadness, but it's a day of joy. Because you will always be their mom. Single moms, you are my hero. You guys are awesome. So this morning, God wants to to remind you that he wants to walk with you. He wants to carry you through all your doubts and all of the hard times. Remember, you were known and you were loved by our heavenly father. He He will not let our doubts define us. He he wants to fill in the gaps with his wisdom and his love and his grace. We value you and we love you and you have a place here. Men, celebrate and honor the mothers in your life. Thank God for the strong, godly women that he has placed in your life. You are a better person today because of their influence. Remember that. Honor your moms and value and cherish the women who are partnering with you to raise your kids. Kids, You are no accident. You're exactly where God wants you, right in the family that he wants you to be in. And even though you may, there may be times that you don't think it or know it, but your parents are a gift. 
gift from God. So, thank God daily and honor your mom always. Dr. Kimmel in Grace Space Parenting, again, he says this, and I totally agree. If you're a parent, raising children is still the greatest thing you will ever do. It's greater than any milestone you can hit in your career. It dwarfs any fame you may receive for your ideas or inventions. You've been handed a piece of history in advance. A gracious gift you send to a time you will not see. As a mom, you shape history. Moms, you are a gift. And I pray your sacrificial love and care that you show your families every single day, I pray it never goes unnoticed. And as a church, we want to love you, we want to support you, we want to walk with you and help in any way that we can. So thank you for all that you're doing and continue to do for your families. Happy Mother's Day. Let's pray. God, we, we thank you for our moms. God, we thank you and we acknowledge that they are a gift from you. And God, we just, we just lift them up to you this morning. And God, we pray that they would just sense a, a special dose of your presence and your, and, your, and your grace and your blessing this morning. And God, help us to never forget the gift they are in our life. And they are a gift from you. God, we thank you for them, and may they feel honored and celebrated this morning. Now, if you're here this morning and um, you not only remember the gift of your mom, but God wants, to remember, wants you to remember the gift of Jesus and what he's done for us on the cross. You know, and if that's you, and if you're like, I, I've been putting this off, I've been wanting, I know I've needed to commit my life to Christ, but I'm gonna encourage you right now, don't wait another day, second hour, do that today trust in him and if that's you just pray this along with me say God I am a sinner I am broken and God you are perfect and there is no way that I could be in a in relationship with you unless it was for Jesus who died on the cross for my sins God I I trust in that I put faith in that, and I believe in that, in his sacrifice. God, forgive me. God, enter into my life and work in me. And God, work through me. And I commit my life to you this morning. In Christ's name I pray, amen.